0: Welcome to the Axe Cast. Today, we're going to walk through the top 10 logical reasons that prove God does not exist from YouTube. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Welcome to the Axe Cast. I thought today we might talk about some uh, reasons that God does not exist, according to YouTube. I found a video on YouTube that, in six minutes, purports to give us the what it says is the top ten logical reasons that prove, prove is in all caps, that God does not exist exclamation point. That's the name of the video. It has 451,564 views, 13,000 likes, and zero dislikes. So people really like this video. The reason that I chose this one, well, partially it's because it's the one that I came across when I was looking around, but it is a better, uh, it's a better representation of, I think, what you will find, among your friends and your family and people around you who have arguments about uh, why they don't believe in God or why they're agnostic or why they're atheistic. These are the kinds of like very common arguments that you will hear from people, which is I think why it has so many likes and and so on is that people are like, yeah, that makes sense to me. And so um, I, I watched through the video once just a little while ago. I haven't written anything down. So we're just going to walk through it and kind of work through it together um, so I can show you sort of how I think about it um, kind of in a real time uh, sense so that you can kind of, because you're going to get these in real time. You're not going to have notes to go, to for why we answer things the way we do. So I just wanted to kind of give us like an experience of what it's like to deal when we're trying to bring the gospel to someone, we're trying to show them the love and the peace of Christ. When we're trying to bring them to know him, we want them to be able to have answers to the questions that they ask. And so we can't forget that our goal, uh, our mission as believers, as Christ followers, is to bring people to Christ, is to make disciples for him. Uh, For those of you who go to Acts Church, you probably know very well this verse or set of verses here, Uh, but I'm going to read it for the rest of you so you know where we're coming from at Acts Church in terms of what we feel like we're supposed to do. This is the Great Commission In Matthew, this is uh, Matthew chapter 28, right at the end of the book, uh, verses 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So we know that we have that promise from the Lord. That he's going to be with us jesus has given us a mission a commission to go out he's given us authority to go out and make disciples for him and when we do that that's something that we're giving it's not something we're getting and so when you think about your friends your family your co-workers your daughter your son your sister your brother either doesn't believe in God or sort of believes in God or kind of agnostic about the whole thing or is kind of apathetic about the whole thing and you have a conversation with them about your relationship with Jesus and they bring up one of these 10 arguments that you're going to hear here, Um, I want you to have the ability to answer them in a loving way and in an accurate way, a logical way, a reasonable way, so that they might be open for the Holy Spirit to draw them because we want them to come to know Jesus. We want them to come to have that peace, to know that he's with them always, even at the end of the age, to learn to obey all that he, he's commanded, to walk in the Lord. And I can just tell you, it's a wonderful thing. If you're not a believer, maybe you're an atheist and you and you caught this uh, uh, podcast and you're interested in it and you think already oh, Christians are dumb and so on. Hey, I tell you what, that's that's fine. I would love to talk personally. This is not the best way for us to interact. So if you're an atheist, you want to talk about it, you know, send me an email. Send an email to info at Acts Church N W, like Northwest N W. dot and say, yeah, uh, Pastor David was talking about uh, stuff, you know, arguments for God and so on. And I'd like, I got a bone to pick about something. He said, hey, do it, or you know, in the comments down here, you can you can talk, but I can't promise you that I'm going to engage. And YouTube comments. I don't find it to be the best place for nuanced discussion. But if you want to talk about it, I want to talk to you. Uh, I want you to know Jesus Christ, and I want you to believe that He is who He says He is, that He died and that He rose again for your sins, and that you can be with Him. And so uh, whether you think that's a nonsense statement or not, you know, listen to this podcast, that's fine, but feel free to contact me or talk to any local pastor who believes in the Bible and let them talk to you about it too. So let's get into it. This is, this is the video. It, this is what it's called, Top 10 Logical Reasons That Prove God Does Not Exist. So first thing we have to do is we got to take the title for what it is. Um, And I'm just, we're just going to listen to it. I'm not going to show you the video because the video itself is just a bunch of stock like pictures and stuff. It doesn't, there's nothing in the video itself that, that adds to these arguments. It's just like pictures of this and pictures that you've seen these kind of YouTube videos. So the, the content really is what's being said. So we're going to walk through it just uh, from an audio perspective, but they're going to give us what they consider to be the top 10 reasons that they say are based in logic So these are the standards that we're just going to hold the video to, okay? So if you're having this conversation with a a friend and they say, I can prove, this is what they, all caps, prove God does not exist, well, then that's the standard that we'll hold them to, the standard that they set for themselves, that they're going to prove that God does not exist. Now, of course, the problem with this is um, the title itself, it kind of... uh, kills itself. You can't prove a negative like that. I can't prove that Santa Claus doesn't exist or that unicorns don't exist. I can make arguments that make it less likely to believe that Santa Claus exists or that unicorns exist. And I think most of us don't believe in those things. If you do, that's fine. Um, there are probably lots of videos on YouTube about those things, but you can't prove a negative. So so I can just tell you out of the game they will not be proving that God does not exist because, of course, proving that God does not exist is impossible. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't understand what these words mean exactly when you say prove that something doesn't exist. Since in logic, you can't prove a negative in that way. And we'll just say what they're trying to do is give you the top 10 logical reasons why not believing in God makes the most sense right? They're they're saying, you shouldn't believe in God, and here's why you shouldn't believe in God. And so we're just going to walk through uh, these things one at a time. Like I said, I listened to it kind of through once, and uh, then we decided to make this podcast. So I'm I'm kind of getting it, not for the first time, but basically for the first time um, as we go through it. And we're just going to kind of see what they say and see what we think. So let's start it out.
1: 10 Logical Reasons That Deny God's Existence so you believe that God exists? This question is making the rounds these days, but don't be misled. This definitely is not a new generation question.
0: I, this is just weird to start out with, that someone would think that this was a new question or something like, uh, does God exist? Yeah, we, for the first time we started thinking about this as if that wasn't like something that people have always talked about and so on. But anyway, it's just a little silly.
1: It's been debated through years and the discussion can go on for centuries. In case you deny the existence, it seems odd that if your title, that what you're saying is you have these top
0: 10, you have 10 full reasons that prove God doesn't exist it's also weird to then say that the discussion will go on for centuries because you should be ending it right here. You've got top, you've got 10 reasons that absolutely prove God doesn't exist. This should pretty much end the discussion. But when we say the discussion is going to continue, um, that would suggest that maybe those reasons aren't as strong as you've suggested.
1: The existence of the almighty and somehow lack evidence to support your side. We have you covered. So we unveil 10 logical reasons that will shake some believers.
0: So here, they're saying, hey, we're going to provide you evidence for your conversations with people who believe in God. Uh, that's what they're attempting to do. So let's see how, how well they do that.
1: Number 10, poorly designed universe. Don't the theists say that God is perfect and the creator of the universe? Well then, why did he design the universe and his babies in such poor fashion?
0: Okay, so we got two, two different things going on here. The first thing is the, the idea here is the universe is poorly designed. And God's supposed to be perfect, so if he's perfect, why did he design the universe? And then he says, and his babies, talking about human beings. Why did he design the universe and us so poorly? That's, that's the first uh, uh, reason that he's given. Let's let, him, let's let him flesh it out here.
1: We weren't in a hurry to land on earth. We could have stayed in his creation lab for some more time, if only to become refined beings. If God exists, and it's him who has created us with diseases and malfunctions, do we have a reason to worship him?
0: Okay, uh, so this is this is sort of a conflation of a couple of things, as far as I can tell. But basically, it's the problem of evil. Um, if God exists, why are there problems? Why aren't why aren't humans perfect? Why isn't the universe perfect? And so on. Couple things here, uh, just out of the gate. Uh, actually, the problem for scientists isn't that the universe is so poorly created. The problem for scientists who want to hold to naturalism or, or atheism a belief that there is no God has actually been that the universe is, is so fine tuned. So it's, a, this, this, this uh, narrator, video maker, whatever is missing where the debate actually is. The debate actually isn't the universe is so poorly created and human beings are so poorly created uh, that why would we ever believe in a God? It's actually the total opposite is that the universe is so fine tuned. In fact, the the chances against a universe existing the way that ours does that could actually support life requires... extremely fine-tuned parameters for everything from gravity to uh, the expansion of space to all these different things, uh, how far uh, this planet is from the sun and and the other planets. And I mean, there are so many things, let's call it physics, right? Properties within physics that have to be exactly fine-tuned. Not that one of them has to be, but every single one of them has to be in order for humans to exist. That the difficulty for scientists in explaining this is, is that the the unlikelihood of a universe that is as perfect as ours is for sustaining life is so is so vastly unlikely, so incredibly unlikely that they've had to come up with some kind of theory for how it could exist. And so you have things like the multiverse theory, which is just a theory, right? It's just, well, maybe there's a infinite number of universes, and so every possible universe had to exist, and that's why ours exists. But that's a nice thing to say. There's just no evidence for it, right? Right. Um, We can talk about it and we can make movies about time travel and multiverses and things like that. But there's no, zero evidence uh, to suggest that such a thing exists. But it's sort of there, and you'll hear this later from him. I remember he talks about the God of the Gaps Theory. This is sort of their science of the gaps theory. Um, How is the universe so fine-tuned? Oh, well, uh, maybe there's just a lot of them. And so we just, so even though it's a hundred, you know, Brazilian, bajillion, whatever, to one, that this universe would exist. Maybe there's just that many universes, and so this one had to exist. Um, Not a great argument from the side of atheists, and certainly in this case to say God did a bad job designing is is silly. And then same thing with humans. Uh, The human body is, is so well designed that the theory of evolution within biology has had to do uh, mental gymnastics and backflips to suggest how it's even possible that something as complicated as a human being could exist. So what we're really getting down to isn't that God did a bad job designing. The design is amazing. Go Go and look at any tree, and you'll see that the design is amazing. Look at your own body. And you'll see the design is amazing. That's not, that's, that's not even far from proving that God doesn't exist. Those are actually reasons to believe God does exist. Uh, That is not the issue. So what the person is really kind of smuggling in here is what we would call the problem of evil or how come there's disease? How come bad things happen? You know, why aren't we more perfect, whatever that would look like? Uh, And I guess by more perfect just means the same, but without diseases or without death or without whatever. Well, of course, the uh, view of God that Christ's followers hold, which is the only one I'm going to defend. I'm not going to defend other religions because I don't think they're true. And I don't think there's good evidence for them. But the view of God that we have gives actually a very obvious and logical reason for why those things happen. They happen because of us, because our decision-making matrix has been a bad one. And we've chosen to go against the design that God has made and done what we, what we refer to in the Bible as sin, right? Missing the mark, not doing what God's called us to do, not honoring him with our lives, not living the way that he's designed us to live. And because of that, we have all kinds of problems that have both affected us and our bodies and everything else and the world itself has essentially been broken by what we call the fall of man. Um, This is so logical as to be obvious to everyone who looks at creation, the world and human beings that there seems to be a design And we seem to be going against it, right? Whether you are into any number of things that you might advocate for, whether that's you're looking at climate change and you're going, we're doing things wrong. The earth was designed to work this way and we're operating in such a way as human beings to go against the design of how the earth would work to sustain life. Okay? That's an example. Whatever it happens to be, uh, if you have a moral position, that moral position is probably based on the idea that this seems to be the design for us, and we're going against that design in a particular way. So it's not that God didn't design or how can we believe there's a God from design. That's an obvious thing. You have to actually come up with an answer for why there isn't design. And the answer here is, well, why would bad things happen if, if God was good? But he's going to do the problem of evil later, so he can't. We're not going to do it both times. We'll just leave this one. Bottom line is, this is not a strong argument. The argument for design is actually a very strong argument for the existence of God. The argument that there's not good design isn't even a thing. I'm aware of no one in philosophy or, or anything else who's putting forth uh, the idea that poor design equals no God. All right, let's keep going.
1: God of gaps. Hey, believers over there. We agree with you, and here's how. Now that we have your attention, could you explain the idea of God of gaps? That is your argument of his existence? You somehow prove God's existence by pointing out phenomenon that science can't explain and hence, they're facilitated by God. In ancient times, Greeks believed Poseidon to be behind earthquakes, but it's now been proved a scientific activity. Can our lack of knowledge about the universe substitute for the existence of another force? that's not very convincing. Sorry.
0: Okay. This is a weird, uh, um, outlining of the God of the gaps issue. So the God of the gaps issue is pretty simple. Um, the idea is, is that, uh, when something, as, as, as he says, when something can't be explained by science, which many things cannot be explained by science, that believers then just insert God and say, therefore God, right? This, that we, you don't understand it. Therefore it's God. Uh, the, the problem with that is, is that that is not what believers are doing. Believers are saying, God of everything. And then, so we believe that God did this, and we believe that God did this, we believe that God did this. And yes, including the ones that you can explain, including the things that you can explain, God did all these things. The the God of the gaps theory isn't necessary. We believe that God has created everything, that he has done so with order, and that in most cases, science itself, of course, being an idea that flows from the idea that God was a good designer, created things with order, that therefore we can come up with a process, which is what science is. It's a process for discovering how things work and what is true. That's all based on a belief in a God of order. If you don't believe in a God of order, you believe actually the universe was poorly created, or it wasn't created, people weren't created, then you would never believe in science, which is completely based on order and experiments that are repeatable over time, that we see the same things happen and so on. So, we believe all of that. We actually believe it because we're Christ followers, and we don't need something to explain the gaps. We believe God explains all of it. Those things that we can that we can find through science, those things that we find through other methods, uh, whether that's philosophy, whether that's you know the softer sciences like psychology and so on, where we believe all those things are discovering uh, what is true about who God is and how He made us. Where the gap stuff really comes in is more in just on the science side, where we go, okay, we have no idea how life could have come from nothing, so we have science of the gaps theories all over the place, like uh, the idea that uh, we would have spontaneous uh, genesis of life from nothing. So the world is here, and like some lightning strikes, and then maybe like this thing happened or this chemical thing happened, and all of a sudden we have life. As another example, we could talk about basically all of evolutionary theory, which basically says, hey, this species became this species, and here's a picture of what it might have looked like, and that became this species, and that became this species. There's actually basically nothing um, to speak of in the... Fossil history to suggest that there are a bunch of intermediate forms uh, that kind of went clearly from this one to this one to this one. In fact, uh, a lot of uh, evolutionary theorists believe in things like punctuated equilibrium, which is like everything changed really fast at this point, and then everything changed really fast at this point. Of course, the reason is because there is nothing between this form and this form, and therefore they have to come up with things. So, so when we talk God of the gaps, I would say that's. That's ridiculous. God of the gaps only works if we just put God in where we can't explain anything else. That's not true. Science of the gaps, which is not how science works, by the way, is actually very common, particularly in in fields like biology, Um, but would also be in fields like physics where you can't explain the fine-tuning of the universe. So you just say, well, therefore, there's a multiverse because we refuse to believe what seems to be what, where the evidence leads that the universe was designed because everything in it has the language of design, has the mark of design, and then there's all kinds of reasons to believe that God exists, not the least of which is he came to earth in Jesus Christ, said he was God, healed people, ro- you know, uh, raised people from dead, rose from the dead after being killed himself, uh, that, that the witnesses of that— Persisted, were effective in changing the entire world, and continue to this day, uh, witnesses of the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Uh, those things we're going to throw all that aside and just say maybe there's a billion, kajillion universes. That's gaps stuff. The God of the gaps uh, argument is just not strong. Um, and if it, even if it were strong, that that um, saying God did it isn't good evidence. Which I agree that just saying God did it isn't good evidence without all the other evidence. Um, when when you say science just did it or there is a there is a reason that this thing happened and then you come up with all kinds of theories, um, that's actually worse because science doesn't allow for that. A belief in God is a belief in a complete system, right? This is what God did. Here's all the places we can prove it. A belief in evolution is simply a belief in a particular theory that is Primarily kind of just so stories. Uh, They say, he says, they used to believe that Poseidon created earthquakes. Now we know why earthquakes were created. Well, no one that I know of believes that Poseidon created earthquakes or makes earthquakes happen. I agree that that's what they used to believe. But you're arguing against something that doesn't even exist. No one's out there right now talking about Poseidon, right? Yet scientists do that all the time. They just go, a giraffe came from a half giraffe, and we go, oh, okay. And they, they talk like that's just true. But there's no evidence that there was ever such thing as a half giraffe, not in the fossil record, not anywhere else. And so we just have to take it on complete faith that this theory is, uh, is true because of very little in terms of evidence, particularly within the fossil record. So uh, the God of the Gaps thing just doesn't work. Uh, if you want to talk more about that sometime, we can.
1: Here we go. Number Inconsistency eight. of religions. Just a logical question here. If a metaphysical form exists, then why do we perceive the same thing so differently? Is there any unified view of God, His form, His number, His work, or His expectations from us? If God existed, He would have been bigger, more powerful, and with effect on the universe. The reason we all have different views on Him is that He does not exist.
0: Okay, so this is an interesting argument. Uh, essentially, what he's saying is uh, there are multiple religions. That's basically the argument. So you have your Hindus over here with a thousand gods, and they think this. And then you have uh, your, your Muslims over here that say God is this. You have your Christians over here that say God is this. You get your Buddhists over here. You get to this. And, and if God was real, we would all think the same thing about him all the time. Uh, and so, so he's not real. Because we because we wouldn't have different views of him, um, that presumes a whole lot of things. I, there's nothing in order for an argument like that to be true. What you have to understand is it has to be necessarily true. It has to be necessarily true. In other words, if God is who we say God is, that He's all powerful, that He's all knowing, that He's all present, uh, that He came to the earth, and and the and the person and and the work of Jesus Christ, uh, that if all these things are true, is it? Does it flow necessarily from there that every human being on earth at all times and so on would think the same thing about him? Well, that's a different fact. That, that would require that God forced everyone to think a particular way. But see, that fact is one that's actually not only not necessary, but cannot be true. If God created a universe where he created human beings with freedom— right, that there's a level of freedom of the will within humans, then it stands, not only does it stand to reason, it's necessary that if you have that kind of freedom of the will, that some people will choose things that are untrue, things that are false, things that are against nature, things that are this, things that are that, because that's the whole point of a will. If everyone always thought the same thing, the evidence would be that God had not created you with a will, that therefore whatever you thought, you thought only because he made you think it, and that therefore, whatever you thought, you couldn't believe to be true or false. Only, you could only believe that it was the thing that God made you think, which would also make your thinking unnecessary because you're only thinking it because he made you think it and so on, this goes in in infinite regression. If God created people with the ability to do what's right or to do what's wrong, to think what's true or to think what's false, that you have that ability to walk down roads that help you to understand truth more or to walk down roads that get you further into falsehood, then of course it must be true that some people would walk down roads that got them into falsehood. So the idea that God would make everybody think about him exactly the same way all the time, would force them to do that, would go against what at least Christ followers believe about who God made you in his image and likeness and with your own will. And if you have your own will, sometimes your will is against God. If your will is against God, you're going to think false things about him. And people do. I I have absolutely zero problem saying that there are many people in the world who believe false things about God. Of course they would. They have if if a will exists, then there are going to be multiple beliefs about anything. This idea that if God was true, I think he says he'd be bigger and he'd be more involved. But that's not nece- there's nothing necessarily true in any of that. You may want that or you may think that if you were God, you would do it this way, but that's just talking about whether you think you know better than God about how to be God. That's not an argument. That's just a preference. I wish God was bigger. Well, how big is he? Well, you don't even believe he exists, so you don't know how big he is in the first place. Or that he'd be more involved. Well, how involved is he? I don't know. Came and died for your sins. That sounds pretty involved to me. Uh, It's ordering the universe. Every breath that you take, you take because he allows you to take it. That's pretty involved. And so these kinds of arguments are more like, I wish that God would make it so that I had no choice but to believe. For instance, God comes down to the person who's doing this video as he's doing it sits in front of him and, and takes a lightning bolt and starts lightning him with it until he believes in God. That's not, that's not a person who's got a will to believe. That's a person who's being forced to believe something. And even then, you'd have the ability to choose to believe that or not to because God made you that way, because he made you a real boy or a real girl, not a robot. And so these kinds of, of of arguments just they just don't go anywhere. Uh, of course, people are going to have different views. We believe that they choose to have those views because their will allows them to choose it. They're either right or wrong. They've either sought after truth, or they haven't, or they've sought after truth in a way that's not likely to lead to it, or not. I mean, think about this. You're on Facebook. You you probably are on you're on YouTube at least uh, because that's where you're watching this or you're on our app whatever, you have the ability to um, watch videos on any number of things. I'm going to just take flat Earth as an example. Okay, you have some view about whether the Earth is flat or, or round. Okay, uh, I, I don't want really to get into that. I, I don't believe the Earth is flat, but w- we don't need to get into that right now. Um, I think I think that uh, you can find people who will tell you what you want to believe about that will give you, uh, for instance, there's a lot of flat earth videos out there. Um, If you choose to walk down that path and watch lots of videos that are trying to convince you about the earth being flat, um, you will probably come out on the other side of that believing that the earth is flat. If you choose to watch videos that talk about how those videos are false, and of course the earth necessarily must be spherical, then of course, at the end of that, you're probably going to come that way. It depends on who you choose. What are your sources? How well are you testing your sources? You know, that's, that's how you find truth. You have a will to be able to do that. People have done that and have come up with gods, you'll find that often suit their own desires. You'll see this with some people who claim to be Christians, where they end up making God in their own image. Somehow God hates all the people they hate and likes all the people they like. And does a, of course those of us who are being serious and seeking truth, we we seek it from scripture, which we didn't write and we didn't make and that God revealed to us and that we have to hold ourselves to. There's lots of things in the Bible that most of us don't want to have to do. We don't want to have to love our neighbor as ourselves. We don't want to have to do all those things. We do them because the scripture requires it. Because we're we are not creating our own God. We're going with a God that that We know, okay? And of course, other religions have their scriptures and so on. And so your job is to look at them and test them. Look at the Quran. Look at the Vedas and the Upanishads and these different... the Book of Mormon, whatever happens to be, and these purported things that purport to be scripture and see how they stack up say against the scriptures, the Bible, and see what you think. Use your brain, use your will, and come to that conclusion. But the idea that people have different conclusions proves that God doesn't exist is just untrue. There's just nothing that flows logically from that. Let's keep going. I think we're at number seven.
1: We are not perceiving a reality. Rather, we are building on something we made up. Number seven, creation of world.
0: I guess right there he was saying, um, that we aren't, we don't perceive God um, because he's real, we just have made him up. Which is, which is just a claim, it's not a proof of anything, so here we go.
1: We all have our own definitions of God, but one widely accepted trait of the Almighty is that it is he who created the entire universe some 6,000 years ago. That being said, it should be evident that nothing on the planet is older than this time frame. But that is not the case. Fossils have been found that date back to billions of years. And if God created the world only 6,000 years ago, where did those things pop up from? Can't we deduce that God does not exist, or at least that the world was not created by him? Number six, existence of evil.
0: Yeah, so this is just an argument against young earth creationism. Um, young earth creationism takes a literal view of Genesis one, believes that the earth was created in six days and the seventh day God rested and that this happened roughly somewhere between, depends on who you talk to six to 10,000 years ago. Um, based on the timeline, you'll find young earth creationists kind of in that range. And so, um, I don't have time to nuance out young earth creationism and, and, and what all that means, but, uh, his proof against young earth creationism that we found fossils that are billions of years old is of course not a sufficient um, argument against young earth creationism because of course the way that those, uh, there is no dating method just so you know, uh, that is sufficient to tell us about anything billions of years ago. Um, in fact, if you take carbon dating as an example and so on, its accuracy, is, you know, real accuracy is within the thousands of years. It's not within the billions of years. There's a number of different radiometric dating um, systems that purport to be able to date things uh, for further times and they have certain amounts of reliability and so on. The fact is, is that when you're talking about the history of the earth and you're talking well before uh, this, these people are claiming that any humans existed or anyone wrote anything down and so on, you would have to have something more than, for instance, you have to assume things about the earth and physics like that everything has always been the same. So when we're looking at radio, I just quickly, when we're looking at radiometric dating, what we're saying is there's this isotope within, say, a, uh, um, an animal that is, uh, that decays at a particular rate. So we know that, you know, for carbon dating, for example, carbon 14, right? It decays, at it's half-life is X. So we know how it decays. We know how much was in it at this point. So we can see how much is in it now. And then we can say, this is how long ago this thing died. This is how much carbon 14 you would have in you when you were alive. This is how much you have now. This is how long ago you died. Okay. Um, There's some evidence to that. So long as you know that carbon 14 is always... Um, is always deteriorating at the same rate. The problem is you have to have enough time to know that it doesn't, for instance, um, at a certain point start deteriorating much faster, uh, or much slower or that there aren't uh, environmental factors that cause it to go faster, or slower, which of course there are. And so you have to assume that the earth has always been exactly the same relatively um, in terms of how these isotopes would deteriorate or be there and that we're correct about how much of the isotope this thing would have had at the time. So many things involved in that, that the idea that we've proven that the earth is billions of years old is absolute, utter nonsense. It's just not true, okay? And I'm not, I'm not arguing for... Young Earth and older. There are Christians who believe all of the Bible who believe that the Earth is old. Okay, Um, whether they believe that God created it, and then later is where we get this Genesis account where He creates uh, humans and animals and so on, or whether they believe that um, He created it and they believe in some form of of a longer Earth. There are people who believe in God who believe in that. So that's not a disproving of God in any way. Um, What he would, at best, you would be able to disprove a particular view of the Book of Genesis. And even in that, the idea that uh, we have fossil record of billions of years just, it doesn't hold up. Just doesn't hold up. All right, let's look at number six.
1: Number six, existence of evil. When believers say that there's a God, a power which is noble and good, then do they forget the existence of evil in the world? Be logical. When God loves us so dearly, then why does he allow evil to exist? If there is God... Who allows wars and riots to take place and destroy his creation when by all means he can stop it? Then he is at least not worth worshipping.
0: Okay, problem Problem of evil. Uh, If you want to hear more on the problem of evil and and more robust uh, answer, nuanced answer, you can go to... uh, Let's see. You can go to the original skeptics forum. I think I dealt with this. I've done a few different skeptic series, and I think at least a couple of them I've dealt specifically with the problem of evil. Um, And in fact, we may be doing uh, another one here real soon uh, that I'm hoping uh, will be really, really helpful for us. Uh, But let me give you the real quick and dirty on this. Uh, The problem of evil is you and me, and this dude who's talking. The problem of evil is our decision-making. As I said earlier, if God has created you with a will, you must have the ability to do what is wrong. If you don't have the ability to do what is wrong, then you don't really have a will, do you? You have to be able to choose the things that God would like, but also have to be able to choose the things that he wouldn't like, or he hasn't given you freedom, right? If you have a will, then you must be able to say, I want to do what's good, or I want to do what's evil, and I'm able to do what's good, or I'm able to do what's evil. And... That's just, the, that's just the necessary truth of a being with a will. The fact that evil exists is proof that God has given you a will, not proof that God is not good. The fact that you and I are not good and that this guy is not good is not proof that God is not good. It's proof that we are not good. And so the, the idea that, well, if God is loving, he wouldn't let us do any of this stuff. Uh, he, wouldn't let us, he wouldn't let me be bad. Uh, that's absurd. Um, if your parents are good, It's not that they don't let you be bad. It's that a good parent, when you're bad, tries to correct you. And that's what God does. That's why we see the natural consequences of the evil that we do. Uh, Do you forget that evil exists? Evil doesn't exist. Evil isn't a thing. Evil is not doing what's good right? Evil is simply going the other way. It's missing the mark. It's God has designed it this way, and you've decided to do it this way. Um, evil is not created by God. Evil is created by you and me. Evil is created by, of course, as a, as a Christ follower, we believe that evil is something that is done by humans, is done by fallen angels, Satan, and, and demons, and, and things like that. We, we believe in those things. We do. And we believe that you and I do evil, that's what evil is. You can't put that at God's feet and say, this is your fault. Unless you just want to say, God, you shouldn't have made me at all. In which case you wouldn't be there to argue against him. Uh, but the point is, is that evil itself is a result of our own choices because God loved us enough to give us the ability to experience good and love and joy and peace. You would experience none of that without the will and the, and the being made in his image and likeness with a will that was able to choose good or to choose evil. That's how you can choose to love God. That's how you can choose to love your husband or your wife or your kids or your brother or your sister or whatever. You can also choose to hate them. That would be wrong. That would be sin. That would be evil, but that's your choice. You're doing it. And so when the problem of evil is put at God's feet, as though it's his fault that we do bad things. And if he was really good, he wouldn't let us do bad things. That just doesn't make any sense. The fact is, is that he can be good and want good things for those who choose him. And those who refuse to choose him, even though they could choose him, don't get good things. That's not wrong of him any more than it's wrong of a parent to have a child. When you have a child, you know that child is going to do some things that are bad. There's never been a child that's ever lived other than Jesus Christ, who has never done anything bad. So when I have, I have a couple of children, and I knew when we had kids, my wife and I, uh, that these kids were going to do some good things. They were going to do some bad things. Um, I still chose to bring the child into the world, hoping the best that they would use their will to do good and enjoy peace and love and joy and hope in Christ. But I knew that they could choose to do wrong also, but I gave them, or God gave them life in order to make that choice one way or the other hoping, praying, loving them, trying to lead them into truth and righteousness, but they had the ability to go one way or the other. All right, that's five of these. We're already, I don't know, 40 40 minutes plus into this. Um, And so I don't want to try to do, I don't want to go another 40 something minutes in this one podcast. So we'll just put the next five to the next podcast. Hopefully you're understanding what's going on here. Feel free to, in the comments here on the YouTube video, do that. We'd also love it if you just subscribe. Click there on the video and just subscribe, hit the little bell, it'll tell you every time one of our um uh, videos has come out uh, you can also comment and and like it a little thumbs up you want know, give it one of those or if you dislike it give it down I don't care what do what you want to do you have a will uh, you know you do your thing but it, it does help when you like it and so on so that the video can get out to more people um, the way YouTube works is the more people that like and comment and so on the more those videos go into people's feeds so that they can see and engage with this content so if the content was worthwhile for you And you think it might be worthwhile for some other people. If you wouldn't mind doing that, do that. We'll see you next time on the AxeCast.